I think it had been so many years that we have been bleaching my hair. I think probably 2015 is the last time I didn't have blonde hair. Oh my and, uh, god! Oh, that was the year that I um I walked in the house from I mean, the kids were little, and I opened the door to the house. My oldest one looked at me and says, "What did you do? I hate it!" And he oh. slammed the door and ran off. <laughs> oh my god! Made me feel good. Well, did you cut him out of the will? Because that's worthy of that. Well, yeah. yeah <laughs> you sent him off to college. That's I sent better. him off to college. The phone <laughs> rings. I pretend I didn't hear it. You know. <laughs> no. So, she, I, I mean, she was so, she was like so unsure. The, like the one I wanted had like red tones to it. Yeah. But because of my hair and all the bleaching and everything, it would come right. out looking kind of orange. Kind of pumpkin-y. Kind of <laughs> festive. Well, yeah. I know. I know. But Christmas is coming now, you know. Pumpkin season yeah. will be over. Yeah. True. Yeah. You would just get it done and it would be time to go back and mm-hmm. go for the green and red. I know. Which is always know. a good. That's it, always it, a good look. It, yeah. Especially on you. I think that you could really <laughs> rock that. Um, I like how we were going, you know, yeah, just do it. You know, it's only hair. Do you know how many tears I have cried over bad hair? Like, <laughs> I am sorry to admit that I am such a shallow person, but I really am. Well, <laughs> I, I will assume that a lot of that was during your teenage and 20s. 30s, 40s, but yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. somewhere around there. Most of it, yeah, somewhere around there. No, it looks amazing. It, I love it. I'm going to spit on you because, <laughs> <laughs> because that is how Greeks prevent people from getting the evil eye. Oh, oh feel free. Go you. ahead. And if your screen Boom. gets a little dirty, I'll ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You know, I, I'm thinking, though, that she... You know how doctors should have like a bedside manner? I feel mm-hmm. like she could have been a little bit more supportive. It's like saying, you know, the doctor's like, I guess I could take your, your, I don't know, appendix out, but I'm not so sure. You're like, come on, just take the sucker out. Although yeah. we did prove in one of our episodes that it's not as useless as we think it <laughs> as is. As they once thought, yes. Yeah. Um, take that sucker no. out. I mean, she really, it was kind of funny because I am so low maintenance. So I'm like, when I go to the hairdresser, I'm like, yeah, do, you know, yeah, just color it. Yeah, yeah. just cut it. Like, I'm never <laughs> one who sits there being all picky saying, oh, this looks, a li-. even if it becomes yeah. uneven, I'm like, yeah, close enough. And I leave. Because <laughs> you just want to get the hell out of there. I just want to get so the hell tired. out of there. Like, I've never, ever walked out going, how could you do this to my hair walking out in tears? I mean, it doesn't matter what comes oh. out. Like, I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> oh, I've done that. Well, you were pretty close when you got your, your Dutch boy. Um, that I just blamed on myself. I told oh her to do it God. and then I hated myself for it. And then I went for the <laughs> eyebrows after that. And that just really added to the picture. <laughs> we should tell people what episode that was in because that, oh my God, you were the with- cutest little Dutch boy with your blonde <laughs> bob and your magic marker eyebrows. Oh my God. That was a year ago. I think it was, I think it was the last time you were going to the States. I think it was the, the last the- time, huh? Oh my God. Uh, it grew it in. Yes, it did. No. <laughs> oh, yes, it sure hey, did. Good news. <laughs> wow. Good news. Amazing. It grew in. But we're yeah. no longer two blondes with a podcast, which is pretty much how everybody knows us. What oh, was the... it's those two blondes with a podcast. <laughs> exactly. What was the first thing I did, though? You changed your bitmoji, which was <laughs> priorities, priorities. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, yeah, that's gonna take some getting used to but i loved it i feel like now people can differentiate when they see our bitmoji 
That's right. Because I think people spend a lot of their life looking and analyzing <laughs> our Bitmojis going, now, wait a second. Now, is that Deb or is that Chris? And now is, we are, look at the service we're doing. You did this for our listeners I so did. that they would have an easier time deciphering, our <laughs> decoding, <laughs> decoding our Bitmojis. Yeah. Look at yeah. you. Huh? You're so, That's so, proactive. so selfless. Yes. I, there you go. God. That is what describes me. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, it's not April Fool's. It's, I am uh, it's a Halloween. giver. I am you a are. giver. <laughs> mm. <laughs> All right. So giver, what are we doing today? Uh, well, we have to talk about a very exciting episode we have coming up because it, yes. we had a guest, so it's pre-recorded. Yada, 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 bing, boom, bang. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, folks. Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I bang, had bang. my hair done today, right? And <laughs> that was the excitement. Oh, and today, although what? we're recording the intro, it's Halloween. Ooh. It is. Ooh. I think it's the second time I've done that. I think I, I, I might have edited it out the first time. <laughs> Oh, no, it's you have the power. Oh my God, your laugh. That's a very Halloween laugh. You That's know, me. you've mentioned in previous episodes that Halloween is celebrated in Greece, but nothing like in North America, like the States and Canada, not at all. And we say celebrated in Greece, meaning in the past two years. Yeah, exactly. We were hard pressed to find any decorations a few years ago, and now they're like everywhere. They're out from like August, but at least in Athens. I'm not yeah, sure about your neck of the woods. So I was in the metro today, the subway, and um, a guy is walking toward me with a, he has taken a, a KFC bucket, put it on his head. Presumably he's washed it first, but I'm not even sure about that. So he's put it on his head and he's cut two eyes out. And I, and the, the scary thing is that I was like, oh, it's two guys with a KFC bucket on his head with the eyes cut out. <laughs> Look at that. Now let me and get I back to like, my book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was actually a bit miffed that I had to like look up, lose my spot on the page. Oh, yeah. um, and then I'm like, oh yeah, Halloween. <laughs> I was well, so sad. <laughs> it is something that you, you know, I suppose Athens, you'll see a few more. I know um, my son was in Athens over the weekend and the clubs were having Halloween night and stuff. Like oh, that. yeah. But I'm it sure. really has just like become like mentioned yeah. in Greece in the past few years. It really, yeah, exactly. it, it was non existent before this. But. Yeah. Well, I, I like to it. think that I brought it here myself. Oh, I, I said we, but okay, it can be, it can be you. You can, yeah, <laughs> sure. Take it. It's yours. Listen, you I don't. Have I never heard you setting setting up all kinds of trick or treatings and stuff like that. I mean, I I busted mm. my hump to get those kids to get candy in a bag. Okay, <laughs> actually, you had to you had to pay all your neighbors to have candy. I did. <laughs> you actually. did. I know you did. Oh, you didn't pay them, did you? No, I gave them the candy. I didn't even You're have them buy. Joking? It. Oh no, I had to because oh I needed to make God. sure that it was there. No offense, I don't trust anyone. <laughs> oh my God. No, you seriously, and I'm, I'm really not being like <laughs> facetious. Um, you are the best mother. Like I bow down. <laughs> Even my daughter would be like, I love you, mom, but Chris, I mean, really. <laughs> None of that's holidays. rubbed off on you <laughs> over the last two years you've been podcasting together. Yeah. All right. Oh, so there was something about an episode, an interview, uh, something about uh, an intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to do an intro for a great, I, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed this interview. Me too. We had so much fun. So much fun. 
it was like it was like we did it on like a Saturday night. It was like the best Saturday night I've had in a long time. In a very long time. It, yeah, but yeah I, it was fun. I'm not kidding you when I say we're gonna have him back because he is yeah. a hoot. Yeah, can we tell the people who he is? Um, I'll let you do that. I've been yammering <laughs> about my head. Well, I can do that. I can introduce our guest. His name is Ben Kintish, and we had such a good time. I don't even know where to start. Like, he's he's a cantor. He's a chaplain. He does a lot of work in end-of-life hospice care, which is so commendable and it was so interesting to hear about. He's a music teacher. He's a musician. He's like this incredible guy. He even created his own musical called the Life Review Musical. It's amazing. Anyway, we're going to let you guys listen to the interview. We hope you like it as much as we did. Um, His story is absolutely fascinating. And he actually, I don't know about you, Chris, but I think we were talking the next day and so much of what we talked about really popped into my mind the next day. Like he really left me thinking about certain things about life. So that's always a good thing. He did. And all in a, all in a positive light. It's not... like, don't hit stop because this yeah. is nothing but a uplifting episode. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and only Ben could manage to make talking about end of life so positive and so meaningful. So anyway, I think we don't need to say any more. I think we should just. I, I think you're correct. On with our All interview. Right Take care now. I mean, what? <laughs> Sorry. See you in <laughs> a minute. Gonna... Yeah. But, okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> I just did a pretend freeze. I was like, shit, my internet. <laughs> that's the bit. Very good. Um, oh, man. If we talk about COVID at all, which may or may not come up, um, there is both COVID as it relates to Life Review, the hospice musical, and COVID as it relates to a teaching professional. I taught for an entire year from this space through the computer. Oh, and oh. like Do you have chorus PTSD? class where you're supposed to sing, but... Keep your microphones quiet, etc. <laughs> oh, oh, so you had to God. teach during COVID. That must have been hell. Yeah. So that included learning how to do bits. Like, you know, if you're oh. listening, pick up an object and make it dance across, <laughs> you know, whatever. <laughs> that you're pretending so that your screen froze is just a random one that like if I was getting really bored. <laughs> oh. And then I'd see in the comments the two kids are playing attention like, Mr. Kintish, are you glitching? <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd be like, gotcha. Thanks for listening to Better kids than my or... kids who just, you oh know, put God, their face there and they went off to, they had one computer for the class and the other one to the side, you know, playing their games and everything with each other. Of course. Nobody focused. <laughs> I commend them for their industriousness. I think so. I think so. I, you know, I'm like, hey, you showed so up. My, my daughter was sleeping. She was like, she had her laptop. She'd be logging, good morning. Turn yep. off her camera and be like, this. <laughs> Our girls were both, yeah. what were they, about four, 13 at the time? 14? Yeah. Yeah. 13. My daughter did the same thing, too. There was no getting her up for class. Oh. Um, <laughs> obviously, we're talking already. Are my vocal levels okay? Sure. You're fantastic. Listen, we're low tech. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I appreciate how self-deprecation is a foundation for 50% of your jokes. Oh. And... Oh. <laughs> And you sound thank pretty you for damn knowing good us. for a so-called oh, new podcast. You. Aw, thank Thanks. you. Having I now need... listened to 52 of your episodes. You oh, are no incredible. Way. <laughs> yeah, I don't do that for every show. Oh, <laughs> honestly. We love Ben. <laughs> it is, we appreciate it so much. Heart. 
Oh my God, we love you too. Sorry, let me just. <laughs> okay, sorry. I was Don't just copying. We're gonna bang questions. on the equipment yeah. here. Right. I um. I was now just that I have copying. faces to go with the accents. <laughs> Deb is the Canadian one and yes. Chris is the Massachusetts one. <laughs> you see, Chris, how they don't say the American one. Yep. It's like the one from Boston, I'm, the one from excuse Massachusetts. Me. I'm from East Coast as Ben is. <laughs> yeah, East <that's> Coast. True. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just got the question. Well, actually, there. technically, Deb, you're from East Coast too. Just I am, except <laughs> our coasts end, I think, a little bit farther out Slightly. than yours. But yeah. And yeah. you're not really yeah, on the coast. Which city are you in the great country of Canada? Oh, thank you. Ottawa. Can I tell you, I feel... I, are we recording yet? We are. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm so glad. <laughs> that is a very Mark Marin thing. So aren't you delighted this early in the interview to be compared to Mark Marin, where he just has his celebrities on. And then like six minutes in, they're like, are we recording? He's like, oh, yeah, I've been recording. <laughs> I've so got everything like, I need. I'm going to hang yeah, up. We're good. <laughs> Good job, guys. Just so um, you know, we you. usually look prettier. Just just so you know. Just, we just need you to know I that. I find that hard to believe. Oh, <laughs> you see? See? I, I say stuff like that so that they'll come back and say yeah, something I know. Like that. Yeah, I know. I know your plan. I know, I know. what you're doing. I, you I know what you're doing. I'm skillful fishing. <laughs> yeah. I took the proverbial bait and <laughs> a big one. And swam with it. Yeah. Deb, no, what? Deb, if you're swimming while you're fishing... Um, you're you doing might it wrong. Consider your shoe yes. choices. <laughs> I'm really into self sabotage, so that would be just my kind of thing Same. to do. It's like, this is part swim, of the, swim, the magic behind taking ten plus years to write a musical. How did you take so long? Well, <laughs> let me tell well, you all the other things I did along the way. <laughs> I think that's a perfect segue into you telling us exact and our listeners who we're talking to. Who is oh Kintish? Wait, you guys didn't recognize my voice already oh, okay. we my, recognize my delusions but... of celebrity uh, <laughs> cause confusion fair, left and I right ass- i assume everybody out there knows who we're talking to but yeah. in case Just we have that case. one random person tuning in yeah why don't you give them an idea no, yeah an overview ha- yeah 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 i appreciate that i appreciate mm-hmm. that so this is for that one listener whoever you are who has not yet heard of ben kintish uh so i am the proud creator of life review the hospice musical It is a new musical comedy inspired by my real life experiences working as a chaplain in a residential hospice. Uh, It's Fiddler on the Roof meets a chorus line in a hospice. (laughs) Nothing interior. That's really the the quick and dirty of what my project is, who I am. That's why we have, what, four or five hours booked for this interview? Because it's a... Yeah, Long we got all night. Road, my friend. We got, all, we got a seven-parter coming. It's fine. Yes, I love we, it. And you know, I bathed earlier today, uh, and even though so this is I. an audio medium, I'm just going to keep returning to how pleased I am for some basic <laughs> hygiene in advance of meeting you. Um, for all of you listeners, you can't see this, but I'm showing both sides of my hands. I should go close up. Yeah. Yeah. Those are good looking Recently hands. cleaned nails. Wow. No. Because, Damn, let me what? tell you, because this morning I was gardening, right? Cleaning up 
Yeah. Yes. So in the United States, we have seasons. I don't know if you have seasons in Canada, but um, <laughs> in Maryland, we have seasons and the leaves fall down. This is when Americans start to talk like you're a stupid kindergartner. <laughs> oh, Canadian. Or Canadian, yeah. <laughs> Do you oh, have interchangeable. seasons? Anyway, so I was raking leaves and um, cleaning up for this interview. Yes, audio interview, but I put on uh, clean clothes and I noticed... <laughs> Some real uh, schmutz under the nails, as the Jews might say. And uh, I, I use my nail brush. I use some soap. <gasps> For us? Yeah, because, like, this is important. I um, never felt so special in all honestly, my life. How sad is that, though? I, I, I mean, it's, manicure. it is a complicated compliment, and I'll take it. As <laughs> fraud as it is, Chris. I love it, but, wow, oh now my... reflecting on my life. Well, Chris. um... Under the nails. We got I under know. the nails. But Is this a first for a, I, for a guest? You've had several guests now. I don't know how many of them have bragged about slightly oh. above average hygiene in advance of the interview. <laughs> the, the, the Look, Ma, I remembered I pants before I went outside. They didn't mention it at all, which makes me worry. Who who the hell were these people, Chris? Now I feel bad. I didn't shower. <laughs> I did shower. I didn't wash my hair. I got a manicure. I went out and got pumpkins and you got manicure. Whoa. Okay. Well, <laughs> Priorities. Yeah. No. I mean, they're all good. It's, That's it's right. all good. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's all for a blessing if you want me to put on my little chaplain hat for a minute. Okay. We do want you to put on your little chaplain hat ah, because. And yeah. thank you for that because I noticed with your format, we talk, we go. Ping, ping, ping. Oh, ping. yes. We chase the squirrels with reckless <laughs> abandon. <laughs> It's like, uh, which is not... probably why I have become a little bit of a fanboy. Can I just Aww. get this out of the way? And and yes. you know, I'm I'm throw again for all oh. of you listeners. I'm throwing one of those little hand hearts. Oh. Um, I'm a huge fan. I don't say that to all of my uh, interviewers. Some of them, I'm like, I just met you on Facebook. You <laughs> are interviewing me, and they're like, Thank you, thank you for that. Um, but this time, I've actually heard fifty one and a half episodes. Oh um, my god! I wanted to ben. get in a happy mood, so I listened to Chernobyl right before yes, this one. That, that good was choice. One. Good yeah. choice. Real hoot. It was yeah, Chernobyl uh, the musical. <laughs> well, oh I mean. <laughs> Laughing about Tippity Chernobyl top. is about as effed up as making a musical comedy about hospice. So it yeah. seems <laughs> so it's of right a up kind. your alley. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I've enjoyed all of them. In fact, I just yesterday heard the anniversary episode where you quizzed each other. Oh, and I was listening, <laughs> oh and God. I was. I my first reaction was it would have been much kinder to your friend and co-host if you had made them all multiple choice. Like True. the teacher like... in me just thinks like asking True. for a factoid. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. how many pounds was the thing I mentioned yeah. in passing yeah. four months ago? And then you're like, I don't remember. And you're like, you fool. Yeah. <laughs> just to... <laughs> but it was good comedy. So Chris's idea, anything cruel and uh, <laughs> difficult is Chris's idea because Fair. she knows I, well, your memory's not great, Chris, but mine no. is, is worse. Uh, I don't know. I think it just works differently. It, just works it depends on what our squirrel mind happens to zone in on. We can do a whole episode about Chernobyl and remember that there were flying squirrels. Uh, right. Chernobyl. That's the only thing <laughs> I will remember. Who sadly lost their lives due to radiation poisoning. I know. That's right. Let's just take a moment. For the oh, I was just going to say that. Silence. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm so Thank over you. the squirrels. Yep. Okay, let's go. So, <laughs> and da 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 da. Okay. <laughs> If there is anything that you are sick to death of talking about, 
let us know because we want um, this to be a new fun experience for you, mainly for us, but also for you. So, <laughs> and when she Deb says us, she means her because yeah. we all know. <laughs> we all know that Deb, Deb, Deb's attention span is <laughs> very short. But mostly me. Um, Kate, I have, Chris, you're the one question. who quotes oh. songs, right? No, that's me. Oh, you quote songs. I she sing sings the songs. <laughs> I just go on fun and tangent okay. like I should have yes. had a crib sheet next to me like Deb <laughs> is the one who blah 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 and Chris no. you know I'm asking myself too much I'll just say there may or may not be moments when your guest Ben breaks into song but that's not surprising I'm a song and dance man um, Deb is like looking yeah. in a mirror I am like oh my god <laughs> it, I'm, thank god I didn't wear makeup because the mascara would be running down my cheeks it's like I'm looking at myself and I'm liking what I'm seeing, if you know what I'm saying. Thank you. And I've never looked back at myself and seen such a beautiful woman before with oh. a high pony. And oh, Deb yeah. has never looked at herself and seen such lush facial hair. Actually, there was this one Again, time. audio format. I think I edited that out, by the way. I think was I took that, that the out. The summer you spent in Chernobyl. <laughs> too soon. Oh, yeah, too soon. <laughs> okay. Everybody. I mean, are we allowed to joke about Chernobyl? I mean, you guys did. But, we are uh, now because there's space. It, because it was a not long allowed time ago. Time We're and good. Space. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a great return to the hospice musical, man. <laughs> okay, let's go back a few steps. We are very, very interested in knowing about. I mean, we think we know the beginning but, of Ben. The, oh. Or I mean, or, how adult a podcast is this? Because yeah. I'll tell you my parents' names, but I, I don't want to give you the. No. The nitty gritty. Let's just say they were fond of each other. <laughs> At least once. <laughs> once three times, uh, three, three years times apart. Lady. That's very good. <laughs> so and I you. love you. <laughs> I'm I don't know go any other now. words. <laughs> Come on. For the okay. record, I met you in your key an octave. Mwah. You're welcome. Oh, I didn't even know I had a key an octave. Look at me go. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> You sing very right. well Thank for you. Again, a comedy fishing. podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We are very interested in knowing what exactly is chaplaincy, what exactly is cantorship. I looked it up and there is that mm. word. We There's weren't sure thing. about that. Sure. It's a thing. Ship made of canters, yes. There you go. <laughs> and also... Like, what was, is there a story? Was there oh, a calling? Oh, there's so many have stories. You, have but you always been spiritual? Is oh, something Deb, like, I'm oh. going to lovingly ask you to only ask four or five questions at once and not more than that. <laughs> Hold up, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I know we're chasing the squirrel. Did we explain yet who Ben is? No, we're already, we've, we, we all we just, did was witty banter. This is, all we said is, this might ben. be the least no. informative episode of yes. all time. We we're just having a say. grand old time shooting the breeze. There will be no information exchange. Just Today you laughed and, well, there was a guy it. there. Silent. And yeah. <laughs> there was this dude called Ben. No, he told us that he created this uh, musical. Yeah, I'll, I'll go back a little further if you want. So I was born and raised in a little town. Uh, born in New York City wow. to a couple of uh, nice New York Jews named Larry and Alice. Uh, they grew up in Far Rockaway, New York, which is the beach town in Queens okay. uh, on the Atlantic Ocean. Um Anyway, they raised me and my brother in the suburbs of New York City, a little town called Nyack, which is in the Hudson River Valley. 
Oh. Uh, fun fact about Nyack, the boyhood home of Edward Hopper, the adulthood home of Hal- of Helen Hayes and a bunch of other New York City theater celebrities mm. over Oof. the years. Wow. More recently, Rosie O'Donnell, a whole oh. bunch of... <laughs> music- I mean, that's grapes. not something we brag about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not to drop names, but no. <laughs> formerly important celebrity Rosie O'Donnell may still live there. <laughs> um, but like, better descriptor is just that it's a funky little town with a lot of cute Victorian houses oh. that doesn't look cookie cutter like a lot of suburbs. It's oh, been like a real that. village since the 1700s. Oh, okay, um, love it. Because Chris, it's sorry, yes. just want to say she's going on a road trip this summer. So please know if you're yourself. at if this is a real road trip as opposed to the magical, whimsical road trip <laughs> that you discuss on an ongoing basis. Imagine Nyack is worth stopping. But then again, like you might as well include it in the imaginary whimsical trip too. Exactly. Um right after Iraq. I think it's a natural progression. <laughs> start. We start in yeah. Iraq, Mesopotamia, and then we pop over to Nyack. Iraq, Iraq and Nyack. See, yeah, you have a oh, little bit of a rhyme. That's right. It's like a like, yes, like the yeah. accent is different. Did, you fastest on the wrong syllable, but whatever. <laughs> Did you live in New York when you know? Remember the Hudson River used to catch on fire. <laughs> Did you live um, on the Hudson you're back then? Of the Cuyahoga near Cleveland, but the Hudson no, River. No, the pretty... Hudson would catch on fire too. Okay, to be fair, Hudson River was pretty disgusting in its heyday. Um, let's give oh. du- credit where credit is due. Do Hudson River exactly. was famously polluted. It worked hard for that. Uh, that's yeah. right. Think of how many millions of tons of sewage and other pollutants it took to get that terrible. And who um, knew it was flammable, all that stuff, well, really? Well, you know what? Yeah. It changed color. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, it's not my job to fact check random <laughs> things that don't have to do with my I musical. I learned about the Hudson River and the fact Tell that me, I know Chris. that it used to change colors because it was uh-huh. i think a benjamin moore or something like this some sort of paint factory and uh, you knew what color they uh, were producing that day because it would go into the river that and is then so it, funny and, and it would make like it so flammable yeah. yeah pollution oh, stories that's tragic what the, what um, the hell are we talking about how old are you in this story because we have we only have an hour so we're oh in my goodness, an hour <laughs> then i better cut the the witty banter terrible all right um, I believe I was promised seven. So if we meet in the middle, it's a three and a half parter, right? <laughs> That's right. Uh, you can't do math. Good. Hey, everyone. It's John. And Carlos. And you're listening to the Wrestling Fans Insight, where you can catch us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Pods, iHeartRadio, and much more every Sunday and Wednesday. But most of all, stay tuned and keep laughing and learning with Chris and Deb. At Today We Laughed and Learned. Salutations, everyone. DJ Scoop here. Are you like me, a new entrepreneur that's just getting started in their adventure? I had an idea, and I was hoping I was headed in the right direction in my adventure, too. I thought, what better way to learn than from other people that are going through the same experiences as me? Thus, the Undiscovered Entrepreneur was born. Listen to new entrepreneurs that are just getting started. Hear about their goals, struggles, stories, and accomplishments. Learn and grow with us and become a school believer. Please subscribe to The Undiscovered Entrepreneur, available on all podcast platforms. Be a part of an amazing community that will inspire you to grow. That's The Undiscovered Entrepreneur with me, DJ Scoob. Uh, Yeah, so grew up in Nyack. I always loved music coming up. And it was a town where music was in the air, like people oh, from okay. the Philharmonic 
in the city would move there to have like nice schools and pretty scenery. So like when there was a Christmas brass concert in town, it would be the first chair of the New York Philharmonic, like the best player in the country incidentally playing in my town. Like that was the sort of music that was to be found or even stumbled upon where I grew up. You have like a Hallmark movie. Seriously. (laughs) Doesn't it sound Uh, like one? They've definitely shot a lot of TV and movies in my former town because it's so cute. That's yeah. true. Um, fast forward, like all coming up through school, I always loved music, okay. performing on stage, had some really wonderful music teachers along the way. Wow. Um, and then uh, as I became a teenager, I was quite good at singing mm. and did like chorus, did musical theater. Um, wow. Probably my best role was the drunken father in My Fair Lady. Yeah, so I always loved singing and music and then okay. um, had a short-lived dalliance with conservatory uh, one year at Northwestern as a voice major. Wow. Um, and then I reconsidered conservatory singing, um, switched to Brown University, got like a, quote, regular degree. In? Uh, happened to be in Judaic studies. Where oh, I had a lot of interest in wow. my own Jewish culture. Yeah. Uh, and... Then eventually in my 20s, the interests of music making and singing along with Jewish cultural involvement kind of came together uh, and I became a cantor. I trained for five years at Jewish Theological Seminary. A cantor, for those of you who who don't know, it's like a music minister in a Jewish synagogue. Um, Though our friends in the Catholic Church use the word cantor, um, it's shared because it comes from the Latin like cantare. Right. I only think of the nanny. When I hear that, I think of the nanny. There's an episode of the nanny where she goes after a canter. She's hot for the canter. Oh. Yeah, you got to check it out. Yeah, I get a lot of um, nanny references. (laughs) Let me say something that's funny, but not too offensive. Um, Yes. Um, Sure. Uh, It's wonderful when we have fans. How's that? Uh, So it happens. Yeah. Yes, with nannies and other professions, to be clear. yeah, so anyway, that was my life uh, in the getting into the cantorate. And I just want to mention it that my first time ever writing songs as an adult happened when I was at cantorial school. A friend of mm. mine named Lance, who was a fabulous piano player, announced one day to our small class of eight, uh, you know, tiny graduate school. He said, does anyone write song lyrics? Because I'm writing a song and I just have the music. And I raised my hand. Wow. eagerly <laughs> never done it um, before but yeah exactly yeah. Uh, i do now <laughs> yeah well, you know you always the first a, time for there's a first try for everything right you yeah. guys yep. never did a podcast before and look at you <laughs> now you're don't don't look one of too the best hard. podcast <laughs> name today we laughed and learned out of the whole Aww. internet um so oh, anyway yes uh he uh <laughs> he and i co-wrote a few silly hanukkah songs Aww. and uh i proved what i imagined that I'm able to turn a phrase, pretty yes. good at rhyming and clever stuff. Um, and then a few years later, when I worked in the cantorate for the first time, that was when I became a chaplain to f- answer question number two, three, and four from that question. <laughs> yeah, we don't have uh, anything else to talk about. No. Yes. Okay, sorry. Yeah, Moving yeah, on to on. question 72. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bonus nice. question, Ben. Oh, you got it. At least we had um, questions. I'm okay. ready. Remember, I bathed earlier. Yeah. So I'm... <laughs> Yeah, we we didn't. Yeah, and it's it's we early we in the day for. for him. It's That's early right. in the day for him. That's right. We're ready for bed. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm ready for bed early States, in the day. 
We have That's the right. sunrise and the sunset. Tell us about Canada. Well, we're in Greece, so. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I told you Wait, that. Wait, you moved to Greece silly. forever or just for vacation? We go back and forth. Yeah, Our it's kids, a long the kids story. Go, yeah, this the is, kids go to this, school. Uh, we, wow, I was married amazing. and I do a Greek and moved here. Then I separated, but I'm still here and whatever. Yeah, story for another day. No, no, no. Wow. We're, we're super happy. Cool. So, no, but, yeah, so you're on the move, but you still yeah. sound great. So that's cool. All right, Thank great. You. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is a Technology nice time Technology is of wonderful. Wherever it's, you're listening, it's a great time to be live. Anyway, what was the question? Question okay. number two. What's a chaplain? Ch- yes. Yes. And chaplain is a helping person. to the other? Sorry. What's that? How, like, whoa, you're probably going to get to this, but okay, you're a cantor, which is what you studied. Right. I was working perfect... at a small synagogue in New Jersey. This is what I'd been to seminary for, to be a music right. minister in a synagogue. Oh, and okay. the congregation, like so many synagogues in America, it's getting older by the day. And mm-hmm. now it's even older. Mm. And... uh this one in particular was a community settled probably in the 50s and 60s, like mm-hmm. so many older suburbs of New Jersey. So mm-hmm. do the math, folks. Those are <laughs> yeah. those are now officially old people in the <laughs> first age. decade of the aughts. Yeah, like the yeah. age of our parents and older. Yeah. So um, just based on that demographic fact, mm-hmm. while I was hired to be cantor and education director, my mm-hmm. actual work included a ton of pastoral care. Okay. Um, meaning attending to people's, how do we call it? Like spiritual care needs during times right. of crisis, mm-hmm. uh, particularly with life cycle events. Um, and so, yeah. of course, I, I'm not meaning to dance around it, but with an older congregation, you have more illness, hospitalizations, and deaths. Sure. And with that, you need to do more. Again, this term is pastoral care. It's used interchangeably okay. with chaplaincy. Okay. Um, but this work of caring for people in their time of need. So that oh, general care yeah. umbrella is called mm-hmm. pastoral care. Okay. And then someone who's trained kind of officially in that role earns the title or works with the title of chaplain, which okay. gets to your question number three or four, yeah. question mark. <laughs> what is a chaplain anyway? Uh, <laughs> what is a chaplain anyway? What is, a chaplain? <laughs> what is this thing I don't know about? I thought a chaplain uh, was in the church, and yet you're not in a church. Right. No, I'm not in the church, <laughs> only as a visitor. Like, you know, yeah. invite me along for one of those services that have the good snacks, I'm, but yeah. not just like the cracker <laughs> that's and grape juice. After I don't the think other. that's for me anyway. Otherwise known as the body of Christ and yeah. the blood of Christ. Surprisingly <laughs> crunchy. Uh, you're not supposed to chew. See, I've never, t- for the record, folks, I have never snuck in and like grabbed the sacrament. I just have several Catholic friends who think this whole thing, or formally, most typically lapsed Catholics. Right. I think the whole bit is interesting. I'll just say whatever gives you meaning in your life. Exactly. And as long as you're not hurting anyone, exactly. it's fine by me. Um, which is actually part of what a chaplain learns to do. It's not mm-hmm. just to minister to the people of their own faith. Right. Um, Chris, I mean, you mm-hmm. mentioned chaplain and thinking of it as a Christian notion. That might be because the most famous chaplain of all time was the chaplain on MASH, who right. was a Catholic uh, priest, right? Right, mm-hmm. yeah. And so for millions of Americans, especially of a slightly older generation or those who saw the show in reruns. Or us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Again, beautiful 23-year-old women. Um, <laughs> the age is coming down with each year of the podcast. More We're going to be in diapers soon. Yeah. <laughs> the magic exactly. of the audio medium. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Um, he was probably the most famous chaplain in yeah. pop culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, but now like if you've ever, God forbid, been in a hospital setting, mm-hmm. that's probably where you came across your first real life chaplain. I mean, for me personally, before I trained as a chaplain, I actually got into a, a thank God, only somewhat catastrophic snowboard crash oh, no. where I wrecked my elbow, but oh. Jesus, it could have been so much worse as we wow. know yep. God, um, yeah. when you're sliding down a mountain. But I was hospitalized for like five days because my my. arm was so badly wrecked. They couldn't um, repair it for, Mm. you know, for a few days till the swelling came down. Right. So let's just say I had several, you know, five days waiting surgery and I got rather lonely and sad as people do when they're Mm -hmm. all, you know, broken. And Mm -hmm. my Mm -hmm. my wife and child visited, but they couldn't stay with me bedside in the orthopedics ward. Um. Which, by the way, was filled with people whose bodies had been wrecked, most typically in car crashes, but oh, right. workplace right. accidents Oof. as well in New York City. You know, people who fall off scaffolding, they all Ooh. end up waiting for their surgeries. God. So there's a lot of pain and a lot of loneliness. And that was the fear, first time. I think about fear, how I'm course, going right. to, now that I don't have an arm, for instance, that works like it used to or a leg mm-hmm. or whatever, like how you have to like redefine your life i can imagine sorry and totally just, were you doing hospice care at this point or is this before no all no my injury okay. predates my chaplaincy training i just didn't have a notion in my head of what a chaplain is so i'm right. bringing it up as point yeah. of reference because i think a lot of people who do know what a chaplain is it's either from mash or because mm. someone they loved or themselves were helped mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in a med- typically in a medical setting. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the majority, statistically speaking, I think the majority of chaplains in the United States work in what we call clinical settings, as in okay. hospitals and nursing homes. Mm-hmm. Though chaplains can also be employed at jails and prisons. Mm-hmm. Chaplains oh, yeah, work that would in be professional place, yeah. sports leagues, which may mm-hmm. sound oh. surprising, but no. okay. like NASCAR has chaplains <laughs> because sometimes people get killed. <gasps> yeah. Um, yeah. I can so again, that. think about the, the chaplain as a person of faith who can offer comfort um, to, to people of all denominations, right? What? To all denominations. Correct. Correct. Or so for trained... those that maybe don't cling on to any denomination. Right. But just need yeah, someone so to talk to. So you could be to. a Klingon or any denomination. <laughs> Is that what you just said, Chris? <laughs> yes. Yes. If you're from Star Trek. <laughs> Which, by the way, um, yeah, that's yeah. that's cool. Again, I don't judge. I'm not and when cool. I did my thousand hours of training over the... God. Now skipping ahead to when I became a chaplain, you do this mm-hmm. thing, or one of the training programs is called Clinical Pastoral Education, or CPE for short. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be a non-fun, fun fact. Um, <laughs> so just sorry, a fact. I'll try to come up with some fun facts along the way. No, come on. Um, we need all facts. Yes. All facts are fun. If yes. you deliver it with jazz hands, CPE stands for Clinical Pastoral Education. We need it to be on YouTube for this. What's that? We need it to be on YouTube for this. Oh. Well, you if you're recording hands. it, make this your first. I, Like I said, I bathed. Um, <laughs> just gonna keep hitting that punchline again and again. Um, repetition is sometimes funny. Okay. Um, yeah. So in the thousand hours of chaplaincy, I came across all kinds of people, mm-hmm. um, including all ages and stages. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, 
I did two years in hospice care and two years in elder care, like a large, um, what we call continuum of care complex. Mm -hmm. As Um, part of your training? As part of your chaplaincy training? So the year that I started this musical project um, was my first year of chaplaincy, which is why the musical includes a character who was a new chaplain, (laughs) who was falling down (laughs) on the job (laughs) and learning as he goes. Um, So I sort of wrote that experience of the beginner worker into my plot. But the most important thing that I wrote really was about, um, let's say, taking the the stories that I would hear bedside and then Mm. um, shining a light on them and then figuring out which ones might right. become material for the musical. So there's mm-hmm. a, a famous story about this. Um, the process, by the way, this is a lot of people are like, what's the deal with the title? So the title Life Review mm-hmm. um, comes from an actual clinical term. Um, okay. When you do a structured interview bedside, it is mm-hmm. called doing a life review okay. or the life review interview. Right. Well, and I think I saw on YouTube, I saw, saw your um, one-man show, one nice. show version. Oh, and it's <laughs> up there. Exciting. Hello, and... everyone who can get all content everywhere. Exactly. Uh, but yes. <laughs> Brave new world, jazz hands. I thought, now you made me forget what I was going to say. <laughs> I got to stop doing the jazz hands bit. It's too oh, it. funny. I'll come back to you in it's 45 minutes. It, it was right, about good. the life review. I remember you mentioning that. I love it. Yes, there's a song that I might uh, trot out for today because it's one of my best. And it's built in a structure of question and answer. Mm-hmm. The questions, of course, are offered by the chaplain. And the answer is given um, silently, as it were, by the mm-hmm. unseen patient. But of course because I'm facing the camera or when mm. I perform it live, I'm facing people on stage or mm-hmm. uh, sorry, I'm p- facing the audience. Excuse right. me. Mm-hmm. Um, they are answering the questions in their That's head. Right. Yeah. And so in that moment, they kind of go from member of the audience to deep empathy. I hope with yeah. the experience of being in a bed and reflecting on one's life in the rear view mirror. That's um, incredible how you get them to engage without, like they're really not conscious of the fact that they have to sit and think, but like your, your questions um, are going to make them reflect, you know? So they're, you're like totally, it's an interactive thing. Let's say it's not just you up there performing. You're making them think about their own life. Right. Uh, That's, that's the hope Deb. And thanks for the compliment. I mean, (laughs) I, uh, as a songwriter, it's probably one of the neatest tricks I've ever pulled off. (laughs) Um, you know, when, when you write songs in general, you're looking at between two and three and a half minutes, unless mm-hmm. you're like me and you do an overindulgent opening number that runs like six minutes and change. But I had four verses. I couldn't help myself. What anyway, are you going to do? You <laughs> guys know about it. that. You have a lot to say, too. We um, do. <laughs> but the trick is if you can take the listener in two or three or even, God forbid, four and a half minutes mm-hmm. and take them on an actual journey mm-hmm. to somewhere that's emotional, somewhere mm-hmm. that's memorable, somewhere that's entertaining, somewhere mm-hmm. that's painful, somewhere mm-hmm. that's, I don't know, shocking or even surprising. Yeah. Any um, emotion, that's, yeah. That's the power of good songwriting and by extension, musical theater, because musical theater, it's it's a medium where we tell stories and the songs drive the sto- drive the story, drive the story forward. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So um that that to me is a special moment for everyone to kind of imagine themselves um 
as a patient or maybe just to sit there in their present body right. and reflect on their life. I mean, exactly. if there's a, a mega message or meta message to my musical, um, it's it's that we all deserve to have our stories shared, shared. and exactly. heard. It's Absolutely. all about sharing the stories and listening to the stories. Right. Um, so that's that's what it's all built about. Right. I'll tell you, when I first heard, Ben, what your musical was about, I was like, oh, okay. I, I was really <laughs> skeptical. But I'll tell you, once I listened to, well, I heard you on our friends Two Men and Hope. That's I heard right, you talking yeah. there and then I turned on the YouTube video and it's really, I mean, it's something everybody tries to avoid. Nobody faces. It's a fact of life. Mm-hmm. And it was, re- it's, I think it's a beautiful idea. I, yeah. I, I really oh, did. Thanks, there was, Chris. I really there, appreciate I, it. Now I can't remember. There was, it was right in the very beginning. I actually had tears in my eyes. I'm like, this oh. is stupid. Stop it. No. <laughs> you know, probably but, the second number, which is called live until you die. Oh. That could have been like it. the anthem. The um, it's, it's a song inspired uh, very closely by the words of the founder of the modern hospice movement, oh, okay. Dame okay. Cicely Saunders. Here's some okay. fun facts. Hospice, we might, we might have. invented by a British nurse. This is when I trot out my terrible accent and my I can hear my wife saying, Ben, don't do accents. And I'm like, I'm still doing accents. All right. I'm stopping the bit. Peasants. Uh, yeah, so it was a British nurse who invented the hospice movement right after World War II because um, if you think about World War II as a time of terrible warfare and the rapid ascent of modern medical technology, mm-hmm. people who would have died on the battlefield in World War I lived Dipped. in World War II. Wow. That includes people who would sustain injuries that would become life shortening but not life ending mm-hmm. right um and that might include at the time things like protracted infections oh, sorry yeah. to be gross yeah. but like it wasn't immediately about like today hospice is mostly serving cancer patients mm. people with advanced alzheimer's parkinson's als mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's specifically people in, in the modern conception it's people who are expected to live six months or fewer. And then Mm. instead of um, seeking active medical treatments to prolong their life, they're Mm -hmm. managing pain and other symptoms of the dying process. That's what hospice is about. Yes. It includes a healthy acceptance. So the song that made you cry, Chris comes from the writings of this woman who invented hospice care and the philosophy which is an exact quote, live until you die, mm-hmm. um, comes from this sort of statement of purpose that I've seen like literally in a plaque or a, mm-hmm. a, an attractive frame on the wall <laughs> of hospice facilities. Mm-hmm. It's like a mission statement, but I think it has a lot more punch because, um, and this maybe gets to one of the questions I, I think you you shared with me in advance of this, like, how do you do this work? And Stay yeah. buoyant. So part of it is you believe in it, right? right. Um, we hospice workers, I mean, now I'm not currently employed employed by a hospice, but I certainly mm-hmm. believe strongly in, in this form of care. Mm-hmm. We, and that's why I say we, we, um, we believe in the idea that death, in addition to being inevitable and mm-hmm. natural, mm-hmm. is 
is a healthy thing mm-hmm. and healthy acceptance of death mm-hmm. and dying and mm-hmm. treating the symptoms around it as well wow. as treating the spiritual care needs and the psychological wow. care needs of those who are going through the dying process, that's wow. important too. This is, by the way, the reason why chaplains are required by U.S. federal mm-hmm. law Mm-hmm. And this has to do with Medicaid, but I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. um, but it is one of the rare and pretty interesting exceptions to the American rule of church and state separation, that there's federal right. funding for right. oh, okay. chaplaincy. Oh, it's one crazy. of the great exceptions. And why? Because, well, lobbying, of course, but uh, <laughs> but it was understood by the industry, um, so to speak, or, or the various groups representing hospice care providers, that because of the momentous nature of the death and dying process, Mm -hmm. that almost 100% of patients and their loved ones will have some sort of medium to intense spiritual care needs. And that's, that is a statistic I just made up, but I would be hard pressed to (laughs) find a counterfactual because think about it. Like if you're a person who went to church or synagogue or mosque your whole life and you prayed to God to stay healthy Mm -hmm. and then you got sick, that is a spiritual crisis. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. if you Mm -hmm. never prayed to God and Mm -hmm. then as the old saying goes, there's no uh, atheists in a foxhole. There are very few atheists in a hospice. You're dying right. and all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I'm having some spiritual rumblings. Yes. Um, and and that's not, I, I know I have a twinkle in my eye, but like I had no cynicism or um, skepticism about mm-hmm. these spiritual rumblings because let's face it, whether or not we were brought up to believe that there's a something bigger than ourselves, mm-hmm. when we face our own mortality, um it's a pretty loud clarion call mm. for spiritual awakening. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, this is, I'm like hanging off of your every word, honestly. I just, Chris, I'm sure it's the same. Like, I'm just so fascinated by this. And I think a question that came up for me right now is, or, or, or like a comment that it says a lot about you, how like every single person you're dealing with is coming from a different spiritual background or no spiritual background like uh, you know somebody as you said you know might uh, believe in islam might believe in judaism might believe in catholicism might not ever have believed um and you so you have to cater to all of these individual needs that says a lot about you and your ability to adapt like you're not plugging uh you know, a, a very specific protocol for this is right. how I you, answer these questions. Like you've got to understand each person where they're coming from and how to find the right buttons to push so that you'll be able to convey the support and, and help to them that they need. That Anyway, it just says a lot about you. Well, th- thank you. Thank you for that, Deb. Uh, I'll tell you one of the unique challenges that I had, perhaps you can relate to funny, chatty individuals. Uh, I consider myself a fun and chatty individual. (laughs) You're one of us. And if I haven't proved it in the first 40 minutes, the next four hours will get you convinced. (laughs) Um, But seriously, um, there's this Hebrew concept called Tzim Tzum. It's fun to say. Uh, Tzim Tzum. It's a mystical idea that God had to, um, it literally means the withdrawal from 
Mm-hmm. Uh, insert sexual joke here. Um, but <laughs> the, uh, the, the Hebrew mystical meaning is, or the story goes that when God created the universe, God had to make God's self smaller to make mm. sense, uh, to make space mm-hmm. for earth. Wow. Because originally okay. God was everywhere and in all space. So God mm-hmm. and all of God's omnipotence had to make God's self smaller. Mm. And this story theologically is pretty amazing because we think of God as you know, king of Just, the universe, right, right. the, the boss of the everything. Universe, right. When yeah. do we ever see the king make the king make himself small? Smaller, or when right. do we ever Never. see the boss make the boss's self for him, boss, him? Usually him, but you know. Yeah. With God, <laughs> I work very hard to be gender neutral for the yeah. record. Um, as in God's self. Uh, awkward <laughs> till you do it a bunch of times. Anyway. Um, but this idea of Tzim Tzum is very relevant in chaplaincy. Because when you step into the room... It's mm. not um, a show, even though mm. I, I used to travel with a backpack guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a chance to give a sermon, even though many yeah. of us clergy, especially rabbis, priests, and pastors mm. are trained yep. to sermonize. Chaplaincy is not about delivering a sermon. Mm. It's about going in and then like- Making yourself smaller. Back. And then making it's yourself smaller. It's not about smaller. you. It's not Be- about you. Exactly. It's not yeah. about you. Right. I mean, a good therapist- Right. Um, if you ever ask your therapist, have you ever had this experience? Like, like, oh, can you relate? And the therapist is like, tell me more about why it's important for me to relate to your experience. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. My current therapist divulges more than he probably should because he's new. But <laughs> I hope you're not listening. Anyway. Um, we hope but- you are. Yeah, no, yes. like exactly what I was going to say. I mean, say. which yeah. therapists aren't listening well, to Today duh. We Laughed and Learned? Um, Where are they getting their knowledge from? And they're, it's you not know. from us. Yeah. Yes. Especially if they're counseling people still dealing with the aftermath of Chernobyl. I mean, there's a lot really? of heaviness there. There is. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure keep there's still a lot. Because I heard it this morning. It's ben, fresh. did you know that Rome fell? Rome, fe- did you? Sorry, that's like that might be a just, different episode. Maybe it's, it's not come up, up episode. But you might not be there yet. Okay. Oh, sorry. Spoiler alert. Rome <laughs> fell. Okay, that's amazing. You just said spoiler alert because that's the name of my funny opening number, oh, um, which you okay. might hear eventually today. <laughs> um, yeah, we yeah. were just saying about how you have to make it not about yourself, but uh, about yes. so becoming... you make space. You make right. space. In fact, the stumbling of our main character early in the play. Um, is only loosely biographical, but we know for our hero to to grow, we need to see them humbled early mm. in the story or brought low before they can stand tall, so to speak. So mm. our hero, Rabbi David, goes into the room of a young man tragically dying of cancer. His mother is bereft at the situation, and the rabbi mm. helpfully invokes the story of Job. So if you know Job, I heard of the dude, uh, but I don't know the story. Okay, so he was a righteous man (laughs) who was the unfortunate victim of a bet between God and the devil. Right. And uh, Job, it's a terrible story. If you want to listen to it later, friends, (laughs) I'm going to write it. Read it on the interwebs. It's it's a horrible (laughs) book, Um, but it's all about the suffering of righteous people. Mm -hmm. Um. And it is probably theologically the the most thorny, if not impossible, books in all of the Old Testament. I don't wow. know the New Testament too much because I'm Jewish, but like <laughs> yeah. Old Testament, this one's probably the the hairiest. 
And okay. you would never want to bring it up to the mother of a dying child because that is not helpful <laughs> to say that this dude in the Bible had his son die. I rem- oh, yes. Thumbs up. Yeah. But and it's like the cringiest of cringy, <laughs> like biblical quotes oh, ever but of all the biblical quotes oh, they got enough quotes in there that's the yeah, one exactly. right and and it's it's cringy and funny but it also um it's funny because we've all if if you've spent any time in a synagogue church or other or mosque building you've probably experienced a well-meaning clergy person saying something totally off base right meaning well invoking something with like a really tenuous connection Mm -hmm. and you can feel they're like flexing their clergyness. Like I have wisdom from on high. Uh Yeah. And in real life, it's usually a mistake in the hospice setting. It's um, part in the term deadly. Yeah. And um, (laughs) literally. Yeah. 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 Like it didn't kill him. He, he died on, on his own uh, uh, probably a few days later, which just makes the pain of the experience worse. Worse. Because yeah. what we see in the next scene is he's walking around with his head down and saying, oh, geez, mm. like if I ever needed divine intervention, it's now. It's Look what now. I've done. Um, and so like the drama there, I, I was told by a, a, a playwright friend that it, d- despite the, the reaction from the general public where they're like, oh, crap, a, a musical about hospice. Oof. Mm. The, 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 which is, they're right. But the playwright <laughs> friend said, uh, said, yes, and it's a great topic because the drama is built in. The second you step into the hospice, you <clears throat> exactly. know people are going to die. Right. Yes. Um, I have this funny opening number called Spoiler Alert where I say, everybody dies in the yes. end. Sorry <laughs> to ruin the play, my friend. Love them or hate them, this cannot bend. Everybody dies in the end. And then we go on to four verses to list all of the kinds of people who might die. And it's people in the play, but it's also all of the oh, people right. in all in of the, the world. Yeah. And that's the spoiler alert. Um, and it, yeah. of course, has two meanings. It's, it's sorry, uh, you know, we break the ice. You're going to have some people and some of these die. people who you befriend are going to be dead by the end of act two or the end of act one in the one That's man very play. Macbeth. Yeah. <laughs> totally. We've got the loaded gun in the opening scene. Who's going to get shot? Check off. Um, God. But then, oh, uh, I love I, it. then uh, the other spoiler and hat tip to my original collaborator, Jason Spiewak, who's a, a, a very funny guy, less obviously so. But mm-hmm. when we were first um, drinking some delicious brown whiskey and mm-hmm. kind of spitballing about this project, he said, I love the idea. To state the obvious, it's a little mm-hmm. bit of a bummer. So <laughs> yeah. let's make to, it fun. We need to break the ice because yep. people are going to be nervous and they sit down right. in the theater. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I don't know. Uh, everyone's going to die. And I was yeah. like, spoiler alert. And he's like, that's good. And then we had, we had the hook. You know what's um, coming up? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll tell you. No, well, it's it's important. And one of the reasons why I enjoy your, your podcast, again, Throwing Hearts, oh, is you use the comedy you. throughout to make the yeah. pain of learning yes. a little bit more bearable. Yeah. <laughs> God forbid you learn something. Um, it's but, like you know, a spoonful quote, of sugar, right? Like to have Oh, my God. Go, a spoonful <laughs> of sugar helps. <laughs> I was low. <laughs> no. Okay, I'm doing for all of you listeners a slow motion 
Is that what that is? Super, like, brain exploding face. Is that right? Yes, that's what, like, exactly what you're doing. Like, holy crap, on slow yep. motion. Deb, you hit on something. Deb, guess what song I was about to quote. Do you want to no. guess? Oh, I'll my. give you a hint. It's from Mary Poppins. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Um, so that was yeah. like a special yeah. moment of <laughs> lyrical quoting kismet. Oh, that was so cute. Oh, hang on. Can you tell, what was that word again about making yourself small? Because I just want to write it down. Seem tsum. Seem tsum. Do you want me to spell it in Hebrew or English? I don't know how to write Hebrew, so. So probably English. Yeah. Hit me. T-Z-I-M-T-Z-U-M. That sounded, I'm teasing that you, great. and you teasing me, so who's teasing <laughs> who? I know. Who's teasing who? Can God I created the say world. something? No. That I know we keep saying that, oh, you know, people hear the, the, the title of the musical, and it's like kind of depressing, and oh my, what kind of setting is this? But I don't know. Maybe it's my toxic positivity, but I feel like it's such... A positive, it's almost like, let me try to put this in the words, like you're saying people, life is finite. So listen, like live while you're living, like live, like really, like this is what's happening. Because we do kind of block it out. We do, most of us don't live thinking that, oh, you know, I'm going to die. Right. <laughs> um, so it's kind of like a benefit you to, to make people think, oh my God, I really need to take advantage of the fact that I'm alive today. And, and, you know, I want my life review to say the things that I wanted to say. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, absolutely. What, what, this is benefit. the, this is the, <laughs> the piece of hospice work that, and by extension, the, the version of hospice that I present on stage that surprises people so much that it is cheerful and hopeful. Right. Um, I often sort of was skipping, literally skipping, because I'm a grown man who skips, um, in <laughs> and out of the hospice when I would do my two or three hour shifts. Now, it was like wow. a pocket of time and it was finite, but I knew on my way in that whoever I visited, I would be able to bring maybe some peace, oh. maybe some music as I played my guitar, sang a little bit. Maybe I would have some stories to hear from them. If they weren't able to talk, maybe I would have a beautiful conversation with their loved ones. Right. In some cases, I would even provide pastoral care for the the staff mm. um, because chaplains also provide spiritual care for the nurses and doctors and GNAs and even maintenance workers. Because like sometimes when there's someone who's in the hospice for many months, you know, some people die quickly and some people take a long time. Mm-hmm. So you can befriend yeah. patients and... Yeah say goodbye to them. This is part of, um, I don't think I'm spoiling it to say that, of course, our hero, as he gets better at chaplaincy, he forms beautiful relationships with patients. Mm. And the the moment of perhaps the, the, the most tears, <laughs> yeah. if yeah. there's one singular moment where I make you cry the most, <laughs> yeah. it's probably this very quiet moment where Late in the play, I'm serenading a patient oh. in this beautiful song called Lullaby to Rest in Peace. Oh, my God. And um, we know what's happening. Yeah. I Can don't I need ask to you say ben? it. Yeah, please. Um, in your personal life, when you were doing this, how did you feel that first time that you had someone pass? 
from the hospice someone that you had been in there and you you know you're giving care to and you would visit them like i i would think it would be very hard i take it home with me you know like mm -hmm. how what do you do with your emotions yeah. Do you, exactly. you know, are you able to leave them at the a door lot of bring different them things. home? A lot mm -hmm. of different things. So I'll, I'll start with the, the first part of that question. And it's an important one. And thank you for mm -hmm. it. Um, that was a, that was a first time question. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> the more I do these interviews, the harder it's to get a newbie, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, you are correct that the work is emotionally intense mm -hmm. for everyone, especially the social workers and the chaplains who are particularly close in these structured Intimate. moments right. that are fraught with emotion. Mm -hmm. To be clear, the nurses, the GNAs, the doctors, even the maintenance team, they become close with patients as well, especially right. in a residential setting, yeah. just because they yeah. see them. Of course. Um, but Drawing on my own experience, um, the first, um, I'll preface this by saying I have experienced, despite being, I guess I'm now 43, um, I've experienced several deaths along the way. Mm -hmm. My parents are living, unlike the fictional version of myself on stage, mm -hmm. um, but I was very close to my grandfather who died when I was an adolescent and I was mm -hmm. visiting mm -hmm. and so forth. I had a friend in college who died during our twenties mm. uh, or no, actually Ugh. during his thirties, I guess. So like muscular dystrophy. So it wasn't yeah. like a surprise, but right. it was Tragic still very painful. Yeah. Nothing right. prepares and, you. I don't think. Yeah. And I should also mention that part of chaplaincy class like very early in the first term of the first year mm -hmm. including doing an exercise called your death timeline mm -hmm. where you put on a piece of paper horizontal style mm -hmm. a line Land with your birth date and <laughs> landscape or hot dog <laughs> yeah. as we say in uh no oh. it's hot dog versus hamburger i can never keep it checked oh. <laughs> anyway, this is why i teach music and not art right. landscape yeah. is correct <laughs> landscape yeah. not portrait so you do the landscape timeline and listeners at home, this might be an interesting free piece of homework to lean deeply into your own personal understanding of death and dying is you draw um, the timeline from your birth to the current year. So for me, it would be 1980 to 2023. Though when I first did this exercise, this is nearly a decade ago. So I was a slightly younger man in my mid thirties. And the point of the exercise is to notch it so it all fits mm -hmm. and then very carefully plot out every death or death adjacent event in your life. Hmm. So just a quick overview for me, 1986, I saw the Challenger explosion live on TV mm -hmm. along with the nation's youth. Yep. Mm -hmm. I remember that. I 1989, school, my mm -hmm. grandma dropped dead of a heart attack with no warning. And okay. then I saw for the first time, all of my loved ones weeping openly. Mm -hmm. Three years mm -hmm. after that, my grandpa died who mm -hmm. I loved and was very close with. Um, and then several years without a death and then someone who I knew in high school, like an old man I was friendly with died when I was off at college. And then mm -hmm. uh, a favorite um, boss at the roofing company, you know, a lot of roofers mm -hmm. kind of live rough and that's how yep. they become oh. roofers. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think it's safe to say a lot of roofers probably die young. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite bosses of all time dropped out of a heart attack Ugh. on the job. He was a guy who used to smoke two packs of Marlboro Reds a day 
Wow. Probably drank a ton too. He had cleaned mm-hmm. up by the time I met him, but mm-hmm. his body gave Wasn't, out before right, his fiftieth right. birthday. Ooh. And uh, yeah. one friend died by suicide in his twenties. Oh god. And then uh, the friend I mentioned who died mm-hmm. in his thirties to muscular dystrophy. Yeah. So I, I'm able to rattle those off because I took the time to mm-hmm. list it and then to think about it. And maybe that sounds callous as I rattle it off so quickly. I don't know. Not but to me. It's, it's a useful exercise, and I recommend it to anyone, especially if you feel particularly uncomfortable about this topic of death and dying. Because mm-hmm. if nothing else, by mapping it out, it shows that you have personally survived the death mm-hmm. of people you loved, and you managed to get through it. Mm-hmm. Not to minimize your grief process. I mean, grief is a beast, and we can talk about that a little bit. It's it's a big character in the play. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I mention all of that, Chris, because a healthy chaplain, just like a healthy therapist, a healthy yep. social worker, mm-hmm. has a very good understanding of their own internal psychological terrain mm-hmm. so that they can navigate um, difficult terrain in the patient room. Um, For instance, one of the techniques we learned early on, especially for people of my age who visit people of the older generation, Mm -hmm. is you say to yourself, I'm step, and this is like when you're writing things up with the reflections and the reports Mm -hmm. and all that, there's this idea called transference and countertransference. And it's like, who does the person remind you of? Who might you remind them of? Right? Okay. So like, if I'm a Jewish guy in his 30s or 40s, guess what? I remind a lot of old people of their mm-hmm. adult children. Yeah. And yep. conversely, my mother is currently, I believe, in her mid to late 70s. So if mm-hmm. I'm in a nursing home or old age facility, a lot of the Jewish women of a certain age mm-hmm. are going to remind me of my mother or mm-hmm. perhaps my deceased grandma from years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so you like name that inside your brain and then you move on. Wow. Oh, that's crazy. It's a technique. Wow. Because you don't want to unintentionally start talking to the person across the bed right. as if it's your mother and then right. acting right. out in an unhealthy way. Exactly. Like right. your issues. This is also, by the way, the reason why you do a thousand hours over four right. years to become a board certified chaplain mm-hmm. with supervision, including writing to up make visits. Sure, right. Right. Um, yeah, would, and I, so to return to to the the initial question, is it painful? Absolutely. Did I cry when patients I love died? Sometimes. Yeah. Um, and and it had to do with all kinds of things. Yeah. Um, how many times we visited? You know, some patients you see multiple times, but because of their advanced ALS or Parkinson's, they don't talk much. Mm-hmm. Whereas someone who's dying of cancer and it's in their body, but not their brain, they could be mm-hmm. totally lucid mm-hmm. and be charming and funny. Mm-hmm. And be and, like your best friend next door. Yeah. And you can almost forget the fact that they're dying. Yeah. Sure. That's, and, that's and a little bit of the the head, you know, yeah. it screws with your head a little bit, but... um. I'll, I'll tell you one of the most of the characters who appear in the full length musical are um, composites. Mm-hmm. Some are based very closely on a real life person. So the the character who I befriended on stage named Leroy Washington, mm-hmm. he's uh, 
a very, an incredibly old, older <laughs> African-American man. I believe he's 103. Wow. He was based on a real life character who was, I believe, 102 when I met him. Wow. Also an old African-American guy um, who was a former church musician um, oh. who had played gospel organ accompanying oh. church choirs oh, in Bed-Stuy, I just got, Brooklyn. I really just got chills. Like, literally <laughs> just got chills. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. So this is a real story. And... I won't divulge the, I, mm-hmm. he's long gone, uh, I believe, but he and I became friends and, and this is the real life version. And right. we used to joke about music. Um, mm-hmm. For all of you guitarists out there, you know that a beginner guitarist plays easy chords mm-hmm. and a good guitarist plays bar chords because they can. <laughs> and he would see me using the capo, which is like a, a musical crutch for a beginner guitarist. And he'd say, what's the deal with the capo? And I'd say, what do you mean? What's the deal with the capo? Like it's, it was such a funny moment because it so upended the normal dynamic power dynamic of the sick person versus the helper, the young versus the old. Right. And it was beautiful because he wasn't just the old guy dying in a bed. He was an expert musician, a mentor, a mentor maybe, or at least certainly teasing me. Right. A human. A human, a fellow musician. And he could see the difference in my hands and with the capo that I was using this (laughs) beginner technique. And then he, and then it became kind of a running joke that like a touchback where he'd see me and he'd say, how's them bar chords going? And I'd be like, I still can't play bar bar chords. Sorry. And we'd laugh together. Oh, what a sweetie. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have that particular joke in the play, but there's definitely, um, I think the the guy, I, I suggest that the older gentleman might be like so many former music ministers of a certain generation, the, the gentleman who never married, mm-hmm. need I say more. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there's a, it's not, it's a tiny bit of a flirty subtext and not in any kind of inappropriate way, though I do have a song that's not in the one man show, it is in the full length show. That's very raunchy R&B number <laughs> where the, the patients are all lusting after the caregivers, um, which is a real thing for sure. I bet it really oh, is. Oh, my I God. Yes. Oh, my God. Because, you know, crazy. when you're old, everyone who's taking care of you is younger yeah. and probably better looking than any of your peer patients. Um, you have nothing to lose, really, by flirting a little bit, you know. Yeah. That's and right. They're the paid time. to be nice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Mr. Johnson, you and your compliments. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so there's yeah. a little bit of that where um, th- this is where I wrote myself in. So I I have a very lively personality in a rather subdued fashion sense. So it's like <laughs> five pairs of Target khakis per week on rotation to keep them clean. That's and then the, the button down. Listen, it's easy know, to get dressed that way. Yes. Yeah, but I know what to wear. Yeah. Remember a belt and shoes on a good day. So like <laughs> the, the character on, on stage, he teases him for like, he's like, those pants aren't doing you any favors. And, <laughs> and, and I'm like, it's sensible. They're they're beige and sometimes tan or khaki. Um, so like there's a little bit of that. And and that's, you know, the the. The the best compliment I've gotten from my playwriting, someone said it's a little bit Neil Simon, and I'll take it and quote mm-hmm. it to the yeah. to the rooftops, even if it's a little bit. But it's it's meant to be playful and lively because mm-hmm. that elephant in the room is the specter of everyone's mortality, 
right? right. We know that these patients who we're laughing with, we we get to hear these beautiful songs, the monologues that are, mm-hmm. you know, chorus line style. They step up from the bed and deliver mm-hmm. their story in three or four minutes. And so wow. we're, we're falling in love with them in the first act, even as we know we might have to say goodbye to them in the second act. And we're going to leave it right there, folks, because we had a lot more to talk about with Ben. So we decided to make this into a two-parter. Chris, remember how we always talk about two-parters and we never do two-parters? Well, we got to this time. Well, did we? Because if it weren't for Ben, would we have the two-parter? No, we would no. promise a second half and we wouldn't do it. That's Because right. I don't know if you remember, I did a three-parter. Oh, God. I, I think I've purposely blocked it out of my memory. Because it was so good. And it was so amazing. That's right. Yeah. And and so, you know, I did a two-parter also. And you did a two-parter. I did. You know what? Well, well, bravo us. I guess. Yeah, maybe we we lie, Chris. We lie. We say we don't do two-parters, but look at us us doing two-parters and (laughs) three-parters. How can anybody believe a word that comes out of our mouth? I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. You're brunette now, so but, I know no yeah. longer. Uh, That's all I brunette. can focus on. <laughs> the good news is I didn't get my eyebrows done this time. <laughs> oh my god! But you just need match. a magic marker. They okay, okay. Um, I, we need before to let these we go, go. Okay, before we go, yes. got to give a shout out to our friend Yergs. Yes, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was me shouting that every time so beautifully. <laughs> so we are on the radio. It is yergsradio.com yergs.com or jump over to live 365 and look up yergs radio y-e-r-g-z we are there Mm -hmm. now we may have made a small error (laughs) the last time we mentioned this wow we're all we're so messy we're there from 6 30 to 8 that's greek time (laughs) even though we lied to you and said it was eastern standard (gasps) again with the lies Oh my God. So yeah, I, what I really meant to say is Eastern Standard. It's 1130 to one that we are on. Perfect. So when you're having your lunch. That's right. Turn on, actually, no matter what time, turn on New York's radio. He's in. Yes. There's, he keeps adding more and more podcasts. It's yeah. actually, there's so many great podcasts on there. I can't help but just recommend it. it it's really. It's really lovely. Yeah. And then there's this rumor going around saying that video killed the radio star. And I'm like, I beg to differ. (laughs) (laughs) Who let me in the recording studio today? (laughs) Okay, bye-bye. We'll we'll just leave you with that. (laughs) Well, today, Chris, I definitely think we can say, I totally messed that up. Anyway, we laughed. We did. And we learned... (laughs) part about Ben because we still have more interview to come. That's right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Get away from me.